Welcome everyone to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. It's Nate and Jimbo here, and yesterday we did the NL. Well, today we are moving on to the AL. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Dinging Corners. All right, let's move on. So we are done with the NL, and it only took us an hour and six minutes. A couple of studs over here, just fast <laughs> talkers. I'm trying to go fast, too. I'm- yeah, it's it's mostly me. I'm long-winded. Um, let's move on to the Yankees. This will be really quick. Giancarlo Stanton is healthy, and he has two home runs on the year. We'll see what happens. Um, there's not much more to say than that. The Yankees have a lot of vets, not a ton of young, interesting guys as of right now that we'd want to talk about. So we'll talk about Giancarlo Stanton already having two home runs and being healthy. Will he stay healthy the entire year? Doubt it. Will Aaron Judge stay healthy the entire year? Doubt it. But for right now, we can enjoy that these two mammoth human beings are in the lineup, healthy at the same time, and hopefully hitting a ton of home runs until the wheels fall off. Yeah, he is huge. I met him a couple times. He is enormous. All right. Sorry, Yankees fans, but we're moving on to the Red Sox and Tanner. Tanner Hawk or Hawk. I don't really know. Um, But Tanner, this is both going to be good and bad. All right. So bear with me here because I really like him, but he did not have a very good debut. 3.1 innings. And he gave up three runs, three walks, one hit by pitch, one wild pitch. Six hits in those 3.1 innings. Not good. Only three strikeouts. Also not good. 8-10 ERA. Not good. But then you go on Twitter and you look up Tanner Hawk's name and you see Pitching Ninja highlights and you see some of that movement and you say to yourself, there's He's just no way this guy can stay bad. There's no way. He's, he's just too filthy. And so for me, it's like, all right, that was a very poor start of the year. But the dude is absolutely nasty. And uh, if he can get some command, some control of those pitches, you might look up and this might be the best pitcher in the Red Sox rotation. I agree. I do. This kid's been impressive the last couple of years um, down in the minors, too. He's got filthy stuff. He just needs to figure it out, which I'm sure he will. Um, but dude, or, they're going to put up Or so- he won't. And the Red Sox will trade him to like the Brewers for cheap and then he'll figure it out. Good. Yeah. But this this lineup that the that the Red Sox have, oh my gosh, they're gonna put up some monster numbers because Devers, I think he's only gonna get I think he's gonna have a year like last year, but even better. I think Bogarts is ex, is extremely underrated for, as a hitter. Um and then Alex Verdugo, he's also a little bit of a sleeper where this dude is a great all around hitter. Not a lot mm-hmm. of power, but He'll get on base a lot, work the count. He's a great, great, uh, great hitter. And then, you know, they added the obvious Trevor Story up the middle. Now they have two shortstops up the middle, which is huge. Um, but other than that, they're going to be putting up a lot of runs. Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't think anybody doubts their offense, but uh, that pitching staff. Whew, yeah, not, not a ton of positives there, especially without a healthy Chris Sale. I agree. Do we get to talk about the Rays now? We do get to talk about the Rays. (laughs) And for me, and I assume for you, Jimbo, I mean, 
how can you just how can you not talk about Wander? You know, he is an absolute machine. That's all there is to it. He's a machine. He's watching him this weekend. Put it in perspective. I, I looked looked up a couple things. Um, this dude, he is like just the epitome of the ball player, but he has power. His his approach at the plate is like a different level that I've just haven't seen. Like you know, you see it in some players, but he's just different. And I remember watching. I forget what it was where he, he grinded out in that bat, got on base. And then the pitcher was so worried about him on on first, he walked the next guy. And then the guy after that, you know, hit him in, hit a double or single or something like that, hit him in. I just remember like watching that. It's like that that's how the Rays win year after year without realize like the stats don't necessarily always say why the, the Rays win as many times, like as many games as they do. If you look at it holistically for the team, but it's like stuff like that, the stuff that the stats don't necessarily uh, you know, tell the story about and dude wander. My gosh, he is just oh, I was like, why do I buy anything else? <laughs> like, uh, there's Jimbo just literally guys texted that, me that. I know he said, why do I spend my money on anything else? Just spend it on wander. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and you're looking at top series one foils the other day, selling for eighty six dollars. I saw one that sold for eighty six bucks, and it's just like if you've got extra money now, like a hundred dollars a card is not feasible for a lot of people but if if you're sitting there with extra money or you're selling cards and you've got money to play with you know buy some foils buy some golds do what you can to get parallels of wander and just hold on to it because you see the prices you see the prices for foils of the sotos and the acunas and guys like that and that's who you're looking at right now you're looking at in a soto you're looking at an acuna um in wander and that's what you're going to be seeing in three years when you look up and you're like wow this dude's one of the best players in baseball why didn't i buy his foil when it was 86 dollars?" yeah and here is a huge thing that really like i went down the rabbit hole is this dude just turned 21 month ago last month so he is going to be 21 the entire season and mm-hmm. if you look at players like in the top 100 or even people that have already debuted like you know you say like i'm a huge bryson stock guy like I just, he's a great ball player. Everything he does is well. He's 24 years old, but there's like a lot of prospects. Like even, uh, I don't like torque. He's a young 22 year old. Um, but like, there's guys like that and wander has already basically almost had a full season, not a full season last year, but a good amount. But it's just crazy to think about if you put it in that perspective, same with Juan Soto and stuff like that. Wander is younger than the top seven prospects in all of baseball. Anthony Volpe is 20. C.J. Abrams is 21. I'm assuming most of these 21-year-olds are older than him since he's only been 21 for a month. Now, there's a couple 20-year-olds in in Volpe, Alvarez, and Marte, but there's a ton of guys, a ton of guys, probably going scrolling through the list really quickly, 70%, 70% of this top 100 are going to be older than Wander. And not just Wander, like I went down the rabbit hole of looking at other players where you have a Juan Soto that's a 23-year-old. And looking at some of these guys that got called up extremely early and performing the way that they perform, yeah, it's more of a premium for like a, a Juan Soto and stuff like that. But if you put it in perspective, like 
that is like your blue chip and but they it's like a tesla you know stock like it's just i don't know i i was doing a lot of looking at a lot of that this weekend and i was just it was a lot of fun to watch or look at because i don't think we always put that in perspective when we talk about prospects because it's such a wide variety of ages i agree i agree uh, kind of cra- kind of crazy because Jimbo shared the uh, stat about Juan Soto being the sixth youngest NL player on an opening day roster, and yet you know we've been seeing Juan Soto since he was nineteen. It's crazy. Like what? Like how can you still be the sixth youngest at twenty three? That shouldn't be possible, and yet it is. It's wild. It's wild. But we we'll move on from the Rays. They played the Orioles. They killed them. The Orioles. I'm sorry again. I don't mean to bash <laughs> on you, but. It's just not a good time to be an Orioles fan. Be a fan of your minor league teams for sure. Fan of your major league team. There's going to be a lot of pains this year. Um, And I guess we'll just move on to the Orioles and leave the Blue Jays for last. And speaking of the Orioles, Cedric Mullins. So they were trying to trade him. He had a breakout year last year, and then they were trying to trade him this offseason. He hit 291 with a 360 on base and a 518 slugging. Good for a 136 WRC plus 36% better than league average. You take that guy, he's only 26 and you're like, all right, let's build around him. Except that then the Orioles were trying to trade him. So there's definitely probably a red flag there. If a team like that is willing to move a guy instead of build around him when he's, especially when he's worth 5.3 wins above replacement, hard to find guys like that. They don't grow on trees. Uh, Some teams don't even have one of those guys in a year. And the Orioles did have one to trade him away. Pretty would be a pretty disappointing outcome. Well, he started out the year and uh, not hot, not hot. Two hits, two singles, and 13 at bats, one walk, seven strikeouts, seven strikeouts in 13 or in 13 plate appearances. When you're striking out more than half the time to start a year, that's a a poor sign and um, a little bit disappointing from. One of the few bright spots on the Orioles. I hope he turns it around. I like him. He was a 30-30 guy last year. I hope he is a 30-30 guy this year again. It's fun when even poor teams have a fun player that you can watch when you're playing them. Because like the Brewers are playing the Orioles today and tomorrow and next week. or and, And the next day, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a lot more fun when they've got good players that you can watch play instead of good players that are now performing poorly. Mm-hmm. So much for just uh, um, skipping over the Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. And then the last team, the Blue Jays. And, uh, of course, I have to talk about Danny Jansen. He's from Wisconsin. He's a catcher, 26 years old. And he already has two home runs in eight plate appearances. That's all I got. I don't expect huge things from Danny Jansen throughout the whole year. Like, I don't think he's just going to instantly wake up and become one of the most feared power hitting catchers in all of baseball. But I do think he's definitely got some power. He had 250 isolated power last year, 11 home runs and only 205 plate appearances. It's just an interesting, interesting, like uh part-time catcher with big power. If he got, you know, two thirds of the plate appearances in a year, we're talking a 20 home run hitter mm-hmm. still not worth buying his cards because you've got Alejandro Kirk and Gabriel Moreno behind him, but Danny Jansen shout out, hold that place down while you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'll go quick on the Philly or the the Jays. The only thing I can say is I pray for any pitcher that has to face that lineup. It's one of there's some really scary lineups this year. And uh, the Blue Jays, I watched a lot of the Blue Jays this weekend. They're going to put up some runs. You know who watch. You, you know who didn't watch any of the Blue Jays this year or this weekend? Bob Nightingale. Did you see this tweet? No. Bob Nightingale. Do you know anything about Bob Nightingale? So Bob Nightingale is a sports writer for, I think, USA Today. And every time he tweets something out, quite literally the exact opposite happens. <laughs> he is he is about as bad at his job as anybody can be while still somehow being employed at their job. It's like a weatherman. It, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking how bad he is. And every time he tweets something out, like tweets out a breaking news about a player signing, dude signs somewhere else. <laughs> tweets out about a dude performing really well dude gets injured like it's insane well the other last night or 1 46 p.m yesterday about about 24 hours ago three minutes from 24 hours ago as we're recording this he writes the toronto blue jays have played 19 innings this year and have already hit 17 home runs including vlad Guerrero jr's 467 foot upper deck home run today the twins mlb record of 307 home runs in a single season is in serious jeopardy number one and this is the most important. They have not hit 17 home runs. <laughs> I was going to say. They have hit seven. 17 home runs, you'd see that literally everywhere. You wouldn't be able to miss it. They have hit seven home runs. Um, number two, he hasn't deleted this tweet. And number three, if he meant seven home runs, there's teams with more home runs than them this year, the Twins and the Astros specifically. And then number four, if they did hit 17 home runs, why put the record of 307 home runs in a single season is in serious jeopardy? Yeah, no duh. If they're hitting almost a home run an inning and you have teams that play like a thousand some innings a year, they would have a thousand some home runs and beat that record by triple, quadruple. So just takes the cake for the dumbest tweet I've ever seen and also <laughs> the fact that he hasn't deleted it. Yeah. It's still there. So shout out Bob Bob Nightingale. Let's move on. AL Central. Uh, I want you to talk about the two guys I have listed here, if you could. Yeah. So let's talk about Torque. Uh, you know, I think Torque, just like most rookies, it's tough to to come up and be to have production instantly. Um, they figured out they attacked him with the the high fastball, and boy, did he go after it over and over and over. And then, yeah, he, it's just, he's just a rookie. He's just got to figure it out. Other than that, defensively, though, he was pretty phenomenal. Uh, got to have something. Yeah, but offensively, not shocked, to be honest with you. Obviously, you'd want to see something, but that's just the reality of rookies. Yep. You look at J-Rod, you look at Bobby Witt, it yeah. happens. It's tough. And Suzuki – He's a rookie, but he also played professionally in Japan for years, and he's 27 years old. So, yeah. like, that's the type of rookie that you're expecting to perform well. Um, Jake Cronenworth, guys that have had years and years and years in the minors, usually the moment's not too big for them making the majors finally. Yeah. And I think that also just puts in perspective going back to the the guys that, you know, like your Juan Sotos that did produce at 19 is makes it even more impressive mm -hmm. if, if you go back and remember that. So that's all I got to say about Torque. Austin Meadows, he is like, we, you know how we talk about a puzzle, puzzle like for a team and finding the right pieces. 
Austin Meadows, I think, will is perfect for the Tigers. I don't think he'll do anything where it's like just, you know, highlight after highlight. He's the guy that's just going to hit a lot of doubles. He's going to work the count. He, I think he got a couple walks this weekend. Um, but just just a good overall hitter that if if there's just could be some guys on on base for him, I think he's going to he's going to perform really well in that Tigers stadium as well because how big the the outfield is, he's just going to hit gappers all day, doubles and triples, I feel like. Here's an interesting thing. He had three triples last year, seven triples in 2019. And now you're putting him in Comerica. That's uh he already has one it looks like. That could yeah. and he already has one. That could be that could be triple paradise. You could look up and he has 10 triples by the end of the year. Like Nick Castellanos was a triple machine for us um yeah. back in the day. It's just that's another thing too that's fun about baseball is like there's so many factors. You got the weather, you got, you know, the lineup where you're batting in the lineup, you have the, the different stadiums like batter yeah, There's so many factors that could play a factor. So many factors that could play a factor. <laughs> Uh, on these players' performances, yeah. If you, if you just dive a little bit deeper in some of that, you can really maximize on some some of the production on some of these some of these guys. Correct, and you can also play. You can play the what will his future production be? Like we bring up Great American Ballpark all the time. Yeah, dude has massive power and gets a chance to play in Great American Ballpark for eighty one games. Yeah, he's probably going to get hit hit some home runs. You know. Yeah. But, so, or guy has limited power, but does really well at everything else. And now he gets to play. This was my Tyrone or not Tyrone Tramel or Taylor Tramel uh, argument back when he was a red before he was traded a million times was like, Hey, he does a lot of things. Well, power is not really the name of his game, but if he makes it to great American ballpark, those small porches, and then Chicago is small. And if it's winds blowing out, it's really small. And Milwaukee's small, you know, and you play, 81 games there and another eight games, nine games in Wrigley, nine games in Miller Park. And you're looking at 99 games a year in small ballparks. Of course, then he got traded and we now know what's happening, you know, with him. He's just has been spectacular, but ballpark dimensions are important. Let's move on from Jimbo's beloved Tigers to the twins and more specifically Byron Buxton. So Byron Buxton is doing something that I hope he continues for the rest of the season. I don't. No singles, no doubles, no triples. Anytime he gets a hit, it's a home run. He has three hits on the year. He has three home runs on the year. Leads the majors. He also doesn't have a walk. So anytime he gets on base, it's because of a home run. But is it technically getting on base if, if you just go all the way around? Apparently it is. I mean, it is. He has a 308 on base percentage, but still. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, we all know the talent he has. It's just about staying healthy. Yep. So that's that's the big thing with him. And there's not much else to say. Uh, his contract was 15 million a year, and then incentives can get it up to like 30 million a year. And that's basically the Twins saying, "Hey, look, you play like half a season every year." So we'll give you the equivalent of 30 million, but 15 million for half a year. And then if you play the full season, there are these pretty easily achievable uh, salary escalators that can get you closer to 30 million than what you are at. Um, And all he has to do is stay healthy and get his at bats. Yeah. So 
Um, shout out Byron for being healthy to start the year and killing it. He always kills it when he's in there. And when he's not in there, he can't kill it. And that's the big problem with him. And that's the big problem with a lot of guys. Health is the best attribute you can have. And if you don't have that, you're just not going to increase in price. Let's move on to the Tigers nemesis here, the White Sox. And more specifically, my, if you listen to, before Jimbo and I started Dinging Corners, if you listen to me on my own Dinging Corners, all around to Slab Stocks, YouTube or anything like that, or even on our um, weekly PWCC show on Sunday nights, you'll have known that Dylan Cease was my like dark horse pick for Cy Young. I love him. I think he's amazing. I think there is huge value there. I own a couple of his cards on Com C. We bought a blue auto PSA 9 for really cheap on PWCC. I talked Aaron into that. And so my dark horse pick for Cy Young, and he came out against the Tigers. And he put on a show. Five yeah, innings. Five innings, eight strikeouts, only two hits. Three walks, which is unfortunate, but only two hits. One earned run. That is a good start to the year if you are Dylan Cease trying to become Cy Young Cease. Yeah, he, he looks good. Um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, he looks good. And his his pitches were nasty, and he was just kind of missing the corners with his uh, breaking ball a little bit. 86 off the edge, 86 off the edge, 86 off the edge constantly. But if he had been hitting those, I think he would have had more than eight strikeouts. So if he gets that command refined a little bit more, I mean, you saw what he did with not like the world's greatest command the other day. Now we add even better command. If we can get better command, oh, yeah, he's going to be unhittable. Yep. And uh, on the other side, offensively, dude, this this White Sox team, I, I've been saying it for the last couple of years, it, it it is dangerous. It's like the Blue Jays, just phenomenal lineup. Uh, dude, if if you watch a White Sox game, I'm telling you right now, you you watch a Lubob and how exciting he is. He plays so hard, which scares me. But if you watch a White Sox game, you're like, this guy is phenomenal. Um, but one player I want to highlight is an Andrew Vaughn who, you know, we knew his talent coming into last year, but he was, they didn't necessarily have a place for him since, you know, Jose Breu's at first. So they tried to throw him on the outfield and, you know, he definitely looked like a baby deer out there. Um, you know, not, not really knowing what he was doing. And I've seen players where they make the switch that are good hitters that they're trying to find a spot and it messes with their daily routine. And they, they focus so much on defensively that they start to lose on their offensively. Saw it with Nick Cassianos when they bounced them, when I was with the Mudheads and the Tigers, when they bounced them from third to, to the outfield. The amount of time that they go out there and hit fungos to them, uh, you know, extra practice, like extra uh, reps, takes away from their hitting and just everything else where mentally, you know, it kind of drains them. So I am – I'm interested to see Andrew Vaughn coming into this season. We know he can hit. I think he's going to have a big year this year. Um, and especially in that lineup, it's scary. It is very scary, especially as a Tigers fan. It's crazy to me how you can be like, yeah, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu. Like, yeah, that's going to be Anderson. insane. What? Tim Anderson is phenomenal. And, and, and then you get to the Tim Andersons and the Andrew Vaughns and – 
And then you get to like, oh, wait, yeah, when you know, Yohan Mankata is healthy, he's a really good player, and he's just kind of forgotten about. Um, they are uh, Yasmani Grandal. Like, Yasmani Grandal is one of the best catchers in baseball, just completely forgotten about because of Eloy and Luis Robert and Jose Abreu. But they've got impressively talented players at every position, A.J. Pollock included now, now that they grabbed him. They don't have a weak spot in that lineup. And then you add in, a you know, a Dylan Cease, guys like that. And then you have Liam Hendricks at the back end of the bullpen to make sure he closes out games that you're supposed to win. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to win a, but a lot of games. The people it's, that are listening, turn them – like, watch them. They are – like, talk about, like, an exciting team to watch. They are fun to watch. And this is from a Tigers fan. It, and that's why, like, the Tigers, they're not gunning for the division. You're not beating out the White Sox. They're too good. Yeah. But you're gonna you can gun for that second place, and it um and it's just you and the it's you and the twins, and the yeah. twins just don't have the pitching. So if your young pitching can take steps forward as the year goes on, I think it's second place is yours to lose. Now is that enough to make the wild card? We'll see. But the White Sox should be pretty bad. The Guardians should be pretty bad, and uh, that should help with the win totals at the end of the year instead of a team like from the AL East that's be- they're beating up on each other. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, some of these other rivals that we have in the division. Yes. So let's move on to the Guardians with Stephen Kwan. You heard that right. Stephen Kwan. You may not have heard about this guy before this podcast or before this weekend, but let me tell you, (laughs) this dude, (laughs) this dude right here can hit. He's had 14 plate appearances, eight hits, three walks. Dude, 11 out of his 14 plate appearances, he's gotten on base. He's had six singles, two doubles, three walks, zero strikeouts. So he's put the ball in play and one hit by pitch. So 12, 12 of his 14 plate appearances, he's gotten out twice. It's absolute insanity. He's a rookie. Never seen anything like it um, in my entire life. A dude coming in as a rookie and just the moment not being too big and just constantly getting on base. We're talking 800 average, 857 on base, 1,000 slugging. There's not much more to say than that. He went five for five the other day. He just The dude just doesn't get out. Now, will that continue? Probably not. He's playing facing the Royals. They don't have good pitching. But... Um, the dude can hit, and uh, it'll be see. It'll be interesting to see how people adjust to him and how he adjusts back. Obviously, we had the same conversation with Suzuki, but Stephen Kwan, as of right now, dude, electric. I know it's very small sample size, so I was like, "Yeah, it is what it is." So I looked at his minor league stats. I don't know how this guy fell through the cracks. Oh, his minor league stats are like eye popping. I don't know how I've never even. Really heard of the guy? I don't think that I don't think they do a very good job of. Um, well, I think the problem here, Jimbo, is that for starters, twenty eighteen as a twenty year old, kind of a weird age to begin your career. Said, like yeah. not eighteen, not twenty one or above, twenty, and then uh, but put up good numbers in rookie ball in low A, and then twenty one put up 
good numbers again, but not like spectacular. He just didn't strike. He walked. He didn't strike out. 280 on base, 353 slugging, 382 or 353 on base and 382 slugging. Um, good numbers, but not like spectacular. But then and then didn't play in 2020, and then all of a sudden in 2021, that's when he just absolutely blows up. Uh, it it for people at home. 2021 in double a he hit 337 with a 411 on base and a 539 slugging and then in 20 in triple a he hit 311 with a 398 on base and a 505 slugging worse yes barely yes a 159 wrc plus in double a a 144 wrc plus in triple a and yet somehow we're sitting here saying who is steven kwan if you're an indians fan you know steven kwan is if you're outside he did not get any talk and that is such a tough league the uh, playing in Columbus uh, in the international league, same league as the, the mud hens. That is a, an ex, like one of those leagues is, is a, it's extremely tough to hit in. Uh, very impressive. I already looked up. He doesn't have cards. Mm, not a single one. No. Huh? Nah. Well, it'll be interesting when he gets his rookie because like last year, last year, 12, 12 uh, home runs in 340 wow. plate appearances. This this is and, a class- and better walk rates than strikeout rates. This is a classic uh, Guardians. That's a, still getting used to saying that, but uh, classic Guardians move here. Classic Cleveland move. How about that? Finding someone diamond in the rough comes up and just is probably going to be good. you know obviously very small sample size, but that's just what the that's what Cleveland does. Jose Ramirez was the same way. Yep. And I, I mean, dude, you're looking at minor league numbers walk to strikeout rate it's either even or he's walking more than he's striking out every single year every year it's insanity uh no matter the level no matter the competition he is 24 but like he's got an eye he's got a really good eye he's always put up high averages he's always put up on good on base percentages and uh he's got a little bit of pop i mean these are rookies. When when Top Series Twos comes out and Stephen Kwan's in it, uh, I don't know what his prices will be. I don't know if people will be absolutely pumped for him or not. But these are like sneaky, sneaky rookies to get. It's or if he has a tops buy. now, maybe nobody's really looking for him, and you can get a cheap tops now. Yeah, uh, it's a reason to buy Cleveland and breaks. That's there you sure. go. There you go. All right, moving on to the Royals. And Bobby Witt Jr. Obviously, Bobby Witt Jr., not a good start to his career. He had the one hit. I did get to watch it live. Uh, double to left field in the eighth inning to drive in the what ended up being the game-winning run, I believe, or the game-tying run, and then he ended up being the game-winning run. I can't remember now. Um, it was a very nice hit. It was a pitch up in the zone that he roped to left for a double, so that was nice. But overall, 12 at-bats, two hits, two doubles. One run scored, one strikeout. Like, more doubles than strikeouts is nice. Not striking out, making contact with the ball is nice. But the overall numbers is not there. And yet, there's some things to be excited about. He he didn't take a walk, but he also isn't striking out. Now, I didn't get to watch all of his plate appearances. I only watched two through the weekend. So I'm not the best to speak on this because sometimes guys just make so much contact, they're swinging at bad pitches. And you, when you swing at bad pitches that you can't do anything with, it's better just to take it and live for the next pitch. So we'll see what he's doing there. I don't know. Jimbo, maybe you know better. But uh, Bobby Witt, 
a little bit of a struggle that first week. Yeah. Nothing, nothing negative. I would say about Bobby, nothing like eye popping. It was more his defensive defensively was impressive. Um, he had a, uh, what was it? A throw at, he was playing third and he, he threw a guy out at home. And then the one hit that double he hit was a go ahead, uh, go ahead, double to mm-hmm. score someone to, I think an opening day on opening day to win it. Yep. Um, but overall, I mean, he's going to be a great player. It's young. He's young. It's just, it's what rookies do. It is what rookies do. So if you're a Royals fan, Actually, if you're a fan of literally anybody and you have anybody performing poorly, don't worry. It's just the first week of the season. If they're performing poorly still in July, you can worry. Yeah. And he's one like this is where I always go back to. Stats will tell you one thing, but the eye test, there's some rookies that that you're like, ugh, like like a Jared Kalanick last year. Like you see him in his first couple weeks or games. You're like, this guy, it's more than just a rookie. You know he he needs to figure some stuff out. Bobby Witt didn't didn't do that for me, um, so like I'm I'm positive on him still uh, long term. I like it. Well, let's move on to the AL West. This is our last division. Let's go through it pretty quick here if we can. And um, I I just lied. I just lied. Hands up, liar, liar, Michael Kadire over here because. Uh, <laughs> Take it, you've never heard that. No, I like that. Liar, liar, Michael Kadire. Cheater, cheater, Derek Jeter. Loser, loser, Carlos Boozer. Take those and do what you will with them. Uh, They're good to throw into conversations from time to time. Um, But I'm a liar. I just said don't worry about anybody's stats as early. Worry, worry when we get to July. Well, not going to (laughs) lie. I'm worried about Joe Adele. Yeah. Because there's bad stats, and then there's having nine plate appearances and striking out seven times. That is what Joe Adele did. Zero hits, nine plate appearances, zero hits, zero walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, As bad, as bad as it gets to the start of the season. I I don't know if I've ever seen worse. (laughs) That's not good. I feel bad. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. He's got a ton of talent. He's got a ton of skill. I don't know what there is to do about it. Maybe it's go change teams. I don't think, you know, you send him down again because he he, he doesn't have anything to prove in the minors. Um, maybe you send him down and try to get his head right, but you know a dude's head ain't right if he's striking out seven times in nine plate appearances to start a year. Yeah, and they've already done it, the up and down a few times. And he had a 906 OPS in spring training. He was hitting well. And now to start the year, he struck out seven times. Yeah. Just on a, po- on a positive note, one kid that I've said a year ago, I think even before the season this year on here, um, I know I drafted him in my fantasy baseball leagues. Jared Walsh, the first baseman, doesn't get talked about enough on this Angels team. Uh, phenomenal hitter. He's, he's going to be a, a good long-term hitter. I truly believe that. Just keep an eye on him. Especially Power for days. If you play fantasy baseball, pick up this dude. Yep. Power, power, power for days from Jared Walsh and formerly a pitcher or a two-way player. I don't remember which. 
So, uh, all right, let's move on to the A's. And there wasn't many options for the A's. That's what happens when you trade away all of your good players. And I didn't want to do Frankie Montas because I talk about Frankie Montas all the time. And he's basically the only guy to talk about on the A's. So instead, yeah. we're going to talk about Dalton Jeffries. And the reason I bring up Dalton Jeffries is because Aaron and I had a situation a little bit ago, PWCC live stream, where we we're trying to find win a card. We win a cards every week on Sunday nights during our PWCC live streams to give away to people. Uh, cheap cards, usually $50 and under, win about two, maybe three of them, give them away. And there was a Dalton Jeffries Bowman Chrome first red auto BGS 9.5 that was selling through PWCC, and it was cheap. And we were going to try to win it, and then it went a little high, and I think it ended up selling for just over $100, like 105 maybe, for a Bowman Chrome red auto BGS 9.5. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, look, Dalton Jeffries, not a spectacular pitcher, but that's such a cheap card of his like top card you can get reasonably. That's not a super refractor, obviously. And if he just puts together like a couple good starts, you can make money off of that. Like that's the type of card that you put up for a buy it now. And somebody's like, oh man, he just had three good starts in a row. I got to buy this for $400. It's a bone chrome red auto. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was cheap. And so we didn't end up getting it. And he threw five innings for Oakland the other day. Five innings, only gave up two hits, walked two, struck out two. Like, it doesn't have a ton of strikeouts, whatever. But if he can give up, if he can, if he can throw five innings a day for a few starts in a row and give up like no runs despite the strikeouts, there will be a couple people that are be like, oh man, this guy started out hot without paying attention to strikeouts at all and buy that card. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The A's, they'll probably trade him in a year to a contender in just that alone. Um, those Cards like that are what I always try and throw in when I do big deals like like at a show or, or really anything. If I see stuff like that, those are the ones I'm trying to throw in at the very end. Yeah, I'll do it if you throw this one in. I like and it. No, yeah. you know, high upside. Who knows? You, you, you get a Dalton Jeffries thrown in. Puts up one good start. and I mean, I haven't looked at eBay. I haven't looked at Card Ladder. I don't know if anybody, any cards have sold. But I imagine if you're listening to this, if you want to take a quick tour over to uh, one of those websites and look up Dalton Jeffries, you can pro you're probably going to see a couple cards sell. Yeah. You know? So, all right, let's move on. We are at uh, an hour and 44 minutes. Let's make sure <laughs> this is under two hours for the people at home and for us. Let's move on to the Rangers We'll come back to the Astros last. Let's move on to the Rangers. And my guy is Spencer Howard. He was traded from the Phillies to the Rangers last year. He was really disappointing for the Phillies. He was really good in the minor leagues and then disappointing with the Phillies um, in multiple cups of coffee. And then he starts the year as a 25-year-old with the Rangers. And woof. Three innings. Six hits. Six earned runs. Four home runs given up. Like I said, I prayed for any pitcher going against the Blue Jays. He got obliterated. Obliterated. Four home runs in three innings. Um, not not good. Not good if you're a Rangers fan. Not good if you're a Spencer Howard fan. Uh, disappointing to say the least. Hopefully he'll bounce back and not have to face the Blue Jays next. We'll see. But um if you're a if you're a struggling pitcher and you've been struggling for a couple of years, 
the one thing you don't want to see is that atrocious of a start. So he's got rookie cards and he's got Bowman Chrome cards and uh, they're not moving anywhere anytime soon. No. On a positive note for the Rangers, their offense definitely showed up. And it's amazing when you just add a few, few good hitters to a lineup, what happens? You know, some of these other guys that are, that maybe don't perform as well, you'll see a little more confidence in those hitters. And I think you're talking, like, you talking about Brad Miller right now, specifically Brad Miller, Nathaniel Lowe, like, you know, Adolis Garcia didn't start off hot, but he, he's a good hitter. Like just a few Is of these it, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Is it low or low? Which one was low? Which one was low? Is it Brandon Lau? Nathan potato, Lowe? Potato. Or? I have no idea. I can't remember. But I, man, I, I watched a lot because I, I love watching the Blue Jays. So I was watching the Blue Jays and, and the Rangers here. They, their offense, it's just amazing when you plug in a couple of good hitters, what it does for the rest of the hitters. Um, obviously, it was early, just a few games, but it'll be fun to watch, especially at that new ballpark. Mm hmm. I agree. All right, let's move on to the Mariners and Ooh. two of the youngest, most exciting guys in the league that also were not exciting opening weekend against the Twins, which is unfortunate because it's not like the Twins have amazing pitching by any means, and that is Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick. Yeah. Do you want me to go or you go? Uh, you can go. It's too, right. too depressing for me to talk about. So Julio Rodriguez, obviously he's going to be a great player. You know, the hype is at a pretty old time high for him. Um, I think there, I think his hype has always been a little bit more than what of a player he will be. He, um, Jimbo, Jimbo, always a, always a Julio hater. I'm, see, that's the thing. I'm not, I just, I like to be, it's all about perspective. Like, like Bryson Stott, where I'm not like, I'm not a top 10 Bryson Stott prospect guy. But for where he's at value wise, I like who he is. Like I like for where his spot is, if that makes sense. Fair. Uh, Julio, I like him a ton. Don't get me wrong, but for where he's at of the hype, it's just tough to put it in perspective. Now let me remind you that this is a guy that, as a twenty-year-old in Double A last year, hit three sixty-two with a four sixty-one on base and a five forty-six slugging. I see. That's the thing. The stats make like the stats are. I love the stats and the stats for me makes me go watch them, watch the at bats. But every time I've seen him, there's times where you see him where he's really good, like where it's like really impressive. But then there's also a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot where it's like, oof. So what you're describing to us is a streaky hitter. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, he's going to be a major league player for a long time. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not a Julio hater. It's it's just let's put it in perspective. And here's you know playing on the other side, the if you, I watch the Mariners and the Twins, the the shadow that these guys that the hitters had to face was horrible. Mm -hmm. And there is a huge factor like the Angel Stadium when there's the shadow, you're not hitting the ball. Like I'm happens happens to the Brewers too. Afternoon games um, in Miller Park, shadows come through the windows up top and go onto the field, and when the shadow is over the hitter but not over the pitcher, the baseball coming from out of the shadows into the shadows, impossibly hard to see. Yeah. 
So like, so I give them benefit of the doubt for Another that. Another one of those factors that exactly. doesn't get discussed. Exactly. Like, like that's, that's such a huge factor to me. Like, are the little things like that where, yeah, you know, he, he came out 12 at bats, six strikeouts. Um, and it, they, they, they look pretty bad, the, the at bats, but the, you have the shadow. And when I, when I try and bring Julio down a little bit, it's like, put it in perspective. If, if, the money that you're that you're spending if you're going out to buy this guy card wise it's some serious cash like it's some you're paying a pretty big premium that's just what i worry about yeah would i want him on my tigers team absolutely do i want to go out and buy you know a big card of him or someone else like that's where i teeter totter let's let's put it this way he came out in 2019 bowman he's not wander Wander is Wander. If you're spending money, I'd rather go Wander and then Julio and then like a Marco Luciano right down the line. Um, but some food for thought. Food, food for thought. Try not to butcher that. Uh, Wander last national, super cheap comparatively. Came up to the majors, had a bad month, figured it out. But at during that bad month was the national. People were selling. You could have gotten a ton of wanderers for cheap, loaded up, sitting on a pretty penny today. Julio Rodriguez is still a really good hitter. He's a very talented hitter, and there's a reason that every single source in the MLB has him as a top three prospect. Right? You don't just get there uh, because people like you. You have to be insanely, insanely, insanely good. And so for me, I'm sitting there. I'm saying, okay, Julio's really hot right now. But if he performs poorly for like a month because he's a rookie, prices are going to crater because people have been spending way too much out of excitement about him starting his career. And then they go down. And then if you believe in Julio, you will have an absolutely amazing, amazing buying opportunity. Now, is that going to be one month like it was Wander? Like, probably not, because Wander is just a different animal and he is going to be good for a very long time. And it only took him a month to figure things out. It's taking Jared Kelnick, who was the second guy we're going to talk about, but we're not really going to talk about him. I just want to bring him up because he's walk, uh, from Waukesha, which is also in Wisconsin. Gavin Lux, Jared Kelnick, and uh, who's the other guy that I brought up earlier? But Dalton Varshow, Owen Miller, Kyle Cody, so many guys from Wisconsin. Owen Miller had a really good game the other day. Um, But I digress. Uh, Jared Kelnick, really bad last year. Bad to start the year this year. We'll see what happens. It's taking him longer than a month to figure out major league pitching, right? And yeah. so you don't know if that's going to happen for Julio or not. But I will say that if this continues, I believe in the talent. And if the price drops low enough, it's a definite buy because the talent is in, is there and it's still insanely good. He will figure it out. Yeah, it's all about perspective for me. And, and this is, you know, I've said it quite a bit on here and I've been saying it for years. That's why I sell on debut because it, as you can, like, we, we're in the middle of it right now where a lot of these guys debut that they have a lot of hype. I'm telling you, it is extremely hard to be successful right off the rip. I don't care how good you are as a player, as a rookie debut, where if you sell, like, almost there'll be never a time where they'll live up to the hype right off the rip and just coast the entire time. Yep. So, Juan Soto. That's the biggest problem with Juan Soto. Exactly. Is that he destroyed everyone's view of rookies. Yeah. Like 
Vlad Guerrero Jr. was an absolute bust despite having a 105 WRC plus because it wasn't Juan Soto, you know, <laughs> and um, and and it's OK. It's it's OK for people to be disappointed and things like that. But like we're talking about a dude who played in had never played above a ball and then plays in high A, double A. Or a ball, high A, double A and the MLB in the same year. And he had a 923 OPS and a 142 OPS plus, which is the same thing as WRC plus, basically. 42% better in league average as a 19-year-old in the MLB when he started the year in A ball. Like, that's just never going to happen again. I don't care how many players you bring up. It's never going to happen again. Juan Soto was a one in a hundred years type of guy. Yeah. And people, like, look at that and say, okay, that's the new normal. No. No, guys come up and struggle. Julio's going to struggle. Bobby Witt's going to struggle. Torkelson's going to struggle. Riley Green's probably going to struggle. Um, the fact that Julio, or that Juan Soto didn't at such a young age, rare. Yeah, I mean, and that just puts in perspective how good you know he really is. But what I'm really trying to get at is, I just want people to be careful with their money, be careful with the hype. And there's always the way I look at, there's always, you can always buy them again in the future. Yep. And just ride the cycles, like ride. If you look at it, it's, it's just, it's just like it, it's a cycle. And unless of course you sold Juan Soto Bowman Chrome auto that you bought for 135 for 300, then you're probably not buying that in the future when it costs like $3,000 shout out me. Yeah. But if you look at like holistically Juan Soto, just like any player, they go up and down, like even Tom Brady, is down, you know, like right now, like flipping sports, but it's just a cycle where just, I just want people to be careful. And yep. I own all these guys. Like I have a stack of Julio Rodriguez next, next to me. And I'm saying, like, I'm still saying this about a guy like that and a Bobby Witt where it's like Bobby Witt long-term. Yes. Is right now a good time to sell? Sure. Do I believe in him long-term? Yes. Because I can buy him again in three months. Yep. Yep. And I like that. I like that. Definitely. There's always cycles in the card market. And if you're listening to this, you know that. And we know that. And Jimbo knows that. And uh, there's no shame in selling if you think you can buy back cheaper. Or if you just don't care about the, if you need the money right now and you know you'll be in a financial spot to buy it back later, even if it's more expensive, still no shame in selling. The only thing I would say is that usually doesn't go in cycles as much as the super, like the ultra rare stuff, like the reds, the golds, like the, the Anthony Volpe. Yes. Reds out of five. And I finally found out it is in fact Volpe. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed by what Jim uh, Brunstein or whatever the guy, the tweet guy that you're talking about. No, uh, somebody <laughs> on our YouTube live that has heard his name pronounced said Volpe. But yeah, so that's that's the only takeaway I have for people. I just want people to to be safe with their money, and yep. um, because at the end of the day, we will all be fine if you just follow the cycles. I like it. All right, two hour and five minute cutoff guaranteed. We're ending this no matter what. <laughs> One last player to talk about, and that is Jeremy Pena. Now, if you listen to this podcast, what was that? Three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Dude, we talked about Jeremy Pena. It was more you. I would you're the one that brought him up. So huge applaud to you, dude. Uh, well, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't going for the the claps, but I'll take them. Um 
we brought him up because he was cheap. Yes. I mean, we're talking Bowman Chrome Mojos for like 10 and under. Refractors for like 20. And it's just like, dude, this guy's going to have a starting spot on a major league team that's going to be good. And now his market has exploded. So if you guys are listening to this, I hope some of you took advantage of that situation. I myself did not. So, you know, <sighs> I mean, I didn't take advantage of it. So don't feel bad if you didn't take advantage of it because I didn't. But Jeremy Pena, uh, for starters, he hits his first career home run as the broadcast is talking to his parents. Like it was, dude, gives, gives me chills. Electric. Oh, I love it. Absolutely electric, but also 17 plate appearances in four games, six hits, three triples or three singles, two doubles, a home run, added a walk in there, five strikeouts. Now, obviously, rookie stats, rookie stats. And um, I do think that there's there is going to be some growing pains here. Yes. Um, I mean, he struck out five times in 17 plate appearances. You know, there's going to be some growing pains. But that being said. It was a very nice start, and you could have already, three weeks ago, if you'd have bought Jeremy Pena, you could be making huge money already, and then you could sell and not care what he does the rest of the year. So, Jimbo, are you going to be selling your Jeremy Pena's? Um, so, I I had the same mistake. I didn't go out and buy more. I luckily subbed a bunch of them because I've, I've always – he was like a fringe player. Yeah. High ceiling, very low floor. So, I subbed a bunch of them you know, a year and a half ago. Got him back. I have a nice small stack, nothing crazy. I will be selling half of Jeremy Pena, just like I always do with any player. Sell a little bit so I can because there's 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 future Jeremy Pena's. But also, I want to touch on the fact that the thing that I worried about most with him was his eye at the plate, swinging at crazy stuff. I watched a few as at a few at bats. He looked like a. It was pretty impressive of what I saw personally. I, he will definitely have growing pains. I think he started off hot, but also to touch on some of the, like the Julio Rodriguez and, and Bobby Witts that we were talking about, Jeremy Pena kind of flew under the radar prospect wise, where I don't think he had a lot of pressure on him. Like the Bobby Witts, the Julio Rodriguez. So, so to play devil's advocate as well, or not, maybe not devil's advocate, but just like the, the difference is in rookies where he didn't have a lot of pressure on him, so he could go out there and perform the way he did, where Julio Rodriguez, all the cameras were on him in the Bobby Witt and the Torx. So, yeah, and, maybe, and you don't have the pressure of your entire franchise's future weighing on your shoulders. Exactly. Julio Rodriguez has that with the Mariners. Bobby Witt has that with the um, Royals. Uh, Spencer Torkelson's a nice spot. You've got Riley Green, and you've got all that young pitching, so you don't have to have that weight on your shoulders. It's collectively on all the young guys there. Um, so shout out them. Shout out Jeremy Pena. Shout out to anybody that actually bought. Not me. I'm a loser, but maybe a couple of you guys are winners, uh, unlike me, more like Jimbo. Um, but that is the end. No, no, no. I got uh, just a little bit. Oh, wait. You got I one more Astro? Just super quick. Okay. One, Kyle Tucker is going to be impressive this year. My, dark horse, for, my dark horse MVP pick. Dude. Remember that? Yeah. His stats don't, you know, aren't eye popping uh, for the first weekend, but watching him, he's, he's going to be dangerous this year. And my last tidbit, Justin Verlander is back. As much Ooh. as I don't personally like the guy, the dude is back. He is 
I don't know how he's I don't know how he does it, to be honest with you. He's gonna be back. Torres he, he elbow phenomenal. 38 years old. Good again, huh? <sighs> but other than that, I don't like the guy either because he threw a no-hitter against the Brewers in ninth inning, still pumping like a hundred. That, that dude, his if you look at his stat line, the he'll start off at like and this was back in the day, he'd be throwing like 93, 94. And he would get he would throw harder and harder throughout the, the game. He is a freak of nature, dude. Makes and no sense. Different. Makes absolutely no sense. Well, now with that, <laughs> we have reached the end of our team by team, player by player review. I hope you guys like this. We've got two minutes left here, Jimbo. Two minutes, that's all. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. So one other thing. So I, before that we started recording this, I am actually doing a write-up on some some players that had great 2021 uh, minor league seasons. And like like a Stephen Kwan that maybe we didn't even know about, where I'm going to be doing looking up some some stats from last year, and I'm going to be posting it on uh, my IG, Jim uh, Bro Cards, but I'll, I'll tag Dean Corners on it. So just follow Dean Corners. It'll be all there. But some some players where it's just gonna be fun to talk about. Not saying to buy them, just like keep an eye on them for this season as we approach. And the biggest thing I tell, like I want people to really like, we go on here, we talk about players. Like, yeah, like we 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 watch a lot of baseball. We we like to talk about players. But I challenge everyone that listens on here, go and watch these players yourself. Do your own eye test. Like I'm telling you, you will learn so much. Where the more you watch, you will find the next hidden gem that we won't necessarily find or talk about Mm -hmm. and we can't watch all the games yeah especially can't watch like like i don't know about you but i'm not spending my time watching an orioles and a rangers game you know just not gonna happen i mean i will but yeah most most people i don't blame people that don't so I love baseball, but if I have to pick and choose, I only have the one TV. If I have to pick and choose games I'm watching, yeah, it's going to be more of the exciting games than the uh, less exciting games. All right, Jimbo, thank you for joining. You. This was a marathon of a podcast, but I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. Blast. And I hope you listeners enjoyed it. Um, a uh, either you're listening to this Monday night or Tuesday, but I want to thank you guys for listening. And we will have an, we will actually have two podcasts this week, so look forward to another podcast on Friday. Let's go! Yes. So thank you everyone who listened to Dinging Corners today, and we will talk to you guys again next time. Deuces, everyone. <laughs>